Hello, and welcome to Critical Thinking, Critical Issues. I'm Rupert Watson, Head of Asset Allocation in Europe. And today, I'm pleased to be joined by Rachel Valinsky, who is our Canadian CIO. We're going to be talking about the outlook for global equities following what has been a rotten start to the year. As part of our discussion, we'll cover what central banks might do and whether these actions might lead to recession in the US or elsewhere. So Rachel, uh, welcome back. And perhaps you could start by giving your own high level view on what you think is gonna to happen to global equities, uh, certainly into year end and perhaps beyond uh, if, if, if you want to. Sure, well, thank you, pleased to be here. Well, that was quite the quarter. I have to quote, I believe it was either Lenin or Karl Marx who said there are decades where nothing happens and there are weeks where decades happen. So this was one of those quarters. So you think about it, you have uh, Fed uh, uh, finally realizing they have an inflation problems and uh, Right now, we have at least eight hikes priced in versus two at the beginning of the year. You had the biggest commodity shock since 1973. The classic 60-40 portfolio was down 10% or more this year, which is the worst performing patch since uh, the global financial crisis. London Metal Exchange suspending nickel market and canceled trades. U.S. inflation is at 49-year high. European inflation is uh, pretty much there as well. Consumer confidence is at its lowest since 2011. Uh, biggest drop in China tech. Wait, wait, uh, I'm going to stop you. I'm going to yeah, stop you Yeah, now. I can Do go people... on and on and on. So my point is a lot has happened since the beginning of the year. Uh, frankly, as a fundamental analyst and fundamental equity practitioners, I actually welcome this correction. If you go back the last probably year or even more, a lot of things didn't make sense to me. If you remember, Rupert, you and I met uh, about it a year ago uh, to discuss the high yield market. And I was fortunately on the right side of this debate. Basically, I can confirm that, Rachel. People yeah, are liable you. to 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 <laughs> you know to, to to misremember the past, but you did say that. Yeah, I did say, and my point was it was really price, and all the good news were priced in, and not enough bad news were priced in at the time. So um, on one hand. Part of me is loving those markets because everything I knew and studied and practiced for the past 10 years didn't make sense. Price didn't matter. Fundamentals didn't matter. And all of a sudden, we have a market where fundamentals are making sense. And so, so looking, lot... looking forward, looking mm -hmm. forward, I mean, some of those things you mentioned, or many of those things you mentioned you know, don't look like they're going into reverse. I mean, inflation, you know, may be close to topping, but but at exceptionally high levels. Does that mean you're sort of bearish going forward? You know, in in my throughout my career, I learned to be uh, realistic versus bullish or bearish. Um, can markets go lower? Absolutely. Like somebody commented to me, market uh, uh, 
would the market make well the market makes sense to you Rachel it might make a lot more sense going forward and that may be true however my belief is that if you practice what you do well if you are clear on your mandate you will uh, you know, navigate this patch in recession or not, we might go into recession. I mean, now, Rachel, like- Rachel, you, you, you correctly remembered last summer where you made a great call on, 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 on a few things. So I'm going to push you off the fence here. End of year, global equities relative to today, where are we? Uh, Mid early June, um, uh, higher or lower? Likely lower, but not by much. I, I, and and again, I try not to make those predictions. To me, those are opportunity. Uh, it's a great opportunity to uh, invest in undervalued securities and um, quality value. Uh, Mercer is a big believer in quality value momentum. And as long as you practice where you're supposed to be practice and adhere to your discipline, to your discipline, over time you will be okay. You know, I, you and I lived through a few cycles. Don't want to date, to date either yourself or myself. But you know, recession is not the end of the world. And um, my markets are forward looking. So by the time you uh, stop worrying about recession, you're already on the other side of this equation. So uh, to sum it up, likely we're going to um, uh, to a period of volatility. If you ask, ask me to get off the fence, um, I do think that correction has happened. If you look at analyst estimates, um, we're for the next five years or so, uh, CAGR of earnings is about 6%. That's likely too high. So if Q1 was all about duration and uh, correction, uh, duration correction, uh, this quarter was all about multiple contraction and credit widen- spreads widening, and they have widened. Does it price uh, the possibility of recession? Likely not. So if recession is avoided, we are fairly priced and equities are not egregiously expensive. If we do indeed uh, tip into a recessionary territory, then further downside exists. And, um, you know, that wouldn't be the first time that you and I need to navigate that. Yeah, yeah. Now, you talked earlier a little, you you mentioned the Fed, um, lots of hikes priced in, uh, inflation at high levels. Where do you think the Fed is Fed is going to go? I suppose perhaps perhaps express it in terms of not so much levels, but will the Fed have to go tight? Well, uh, Fed is trying to break something, and in my opinion, again, not to venture into your territory, but I do think the Fed is trying to break the back of credit, the high yield. That is my opinion. Now, um, again, against this backdrop, I do believe there's downside to equities, but again, they're not egregiously overpriced. So, you know, everybody talks about the proverbial Fed put. Uh, 
And I do think the Fed is willing to tolerate a lot more pain versus previous cycle, because even politically, the number one concern on the mind of uh, people, real people, is inflation. So are they going to tolerate uh, uh, some some more some more pain in the credit market? Absolutely. Are they going to tolerate more pain in equities? Absolutely. Do I believe that the Fed put has gone entirely? I don't think so. Are, are, the, are we going to experience the same largesse as, as before? Probably not. But at some level, if we see additional 20% downside and um, credit markets uh, suffer additional uh, pain, I do believe that the Fed is going to uh, put the brakes on the tightening. Yeah, I'm, I'm, well, on the Fed puts, I think it's an interesting one because I think I, I'm not so confident on the Fed put because the Fed at the moment is being criticised left, right and centre and correctly so for being too slow to tighten financial conditions and to not notice or, or, or appreciate what was happening to inflation. Uh, and therefore, it's lost its credibility to some extent. And therefore, if it sort of uh, uh, sort of stops tightening, you know, completely or, or so aggressively, because of falls in equity markets, then it could be doubling up uh, on the people criticizing it. So one way to regain credibility um, would be to, you know, ignore further falls in equities should they happen. Um, and and I think the fundamentals, the point you're making about fundamentals and inflation and all that horrible list you shared at the beginning of the call are, are all valid. The one thing that goes the other way, I suppose, is that investors do appear to be all pretty miserable um, and underinvested, um, and therefore that creates some 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 some, some scope. So, so I do agree with you, and you you made some really good points that we're a bit in a no man's land. If there's no sort of strong conviction in terms of, uh, you know, like two years ago, for instance, value was incredibly undervalued. Um, there's there's no strong sort of signal in terms of, uh, uh, you know, go, I wouldn't recommend anybody to, to, to go short equity this, at this point. Um, obviously, um, you know, hedge funds, uh, long short equities, long short credit. I do think the time to own, to add those to your portfolio makes a lot of sense because last 10 years, no shorts have worked. At this point, I do believe that you can add a lot of value uh, by incorporating long short strategies. Interesting. Now, just, just moving off sort of developed world onto the emerging world um, and, and China, uh, of course, China has been in a, is, is in a very different place to all other economies in that all other economies more or less have reopened, are performing well, inflation going up, monetary policy tightening. Uh, China, largely because of its different approach, uh, approach to COVID, uh, is exceptionally weak at the moment and policy is loosening. Number of new cases of COVID has fallen sharply. Shanghai is beginning to open. Do you think that creates an opportunity in Chinese equities or, or emerging markets, perhaps in general? Uh, I do. I do actually. So uh, let's uh, tackle one by one. Uh, China, you are correct. 
Um, I think there are two overhangs with respect to China, some of their uh, economic woes that um, uh, were created in part because over-levered property market and um, to a greater extent by additional lockdowns, which are now nearing an end. Um, And obviously the bigger overhang is regulatory uh, reforms, as well as the extrapolation from Russia-Ukraine events to China and Taiwan. Uh, Mercer is of the belief uh, that uh, we should not be extrapolating. We caution investors not to extrapolate the Russia events to uh, China. And uh, given that view, um, you actually do have an opportunity. You have a desynchronized sort of uh, growth prospects. China already took their lumps in coming out on the other end. So as long as you have managers, you have you have sub-advisors, managers that know the market very well, invest alongside with the government. I do think that's a great opportunity. In terms of emerging markets uh, as a whole, um, they have inflation problem. And the reason being is uh, energy, energy crisis, energy is affecting them a lot. And they are at a bit at a bit of a crossroad because they did took their lumps last year. They were in a tightening mo- mode all of last year, and um, you would expect that they will be coming out on the other end. However, if they allow their currencies to depreciate, um, that will exacerbate the inflation problem. So. Um, I, I, I'm not like as at, at the high level, at the macro level, uh, uh, you know, pounding the table on emerging markets. There's some interesting opportunities uh, within emerging markets. Uh, for instance, Indonesia has a surprisingly low inflation. And um, again, uh, we hire sub-advisors that uh, specialize uh, in, in all of those areas and feel comfortable that they will navigate uh, this uh, area well. However, other than China, I do feel strongly about China. I'm sort of neutral on uh, uh, emerging markets as a whole. Uh, Rupert, um, <laughs> you you're a little, tend to be a little bit bolder than me in terms of your uh, outlooks and views. What do you think about recession and uh, its impact on the securities market? Well, in terms of, you know, how likely a recession is, there are sort of two things that are rattling around in my brain. The first is my is the sort of the economist in me, which says that when an economy has overheated as much as the US has, uh, when this has happened in the past, uh, recession has always followed. And therefore, that would the 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 the, the, the likelihood that the Fed will have to go quite tight uh, suggests that a recession, not in 2022, but in 2023, is pretty likely. But there is one thing that is tempering that, and that is that this cycle is not a normal cycle, because a lot of prices uh, have gone up very sharply this year, and a traditional recession they would typically go up next year. 
And so in a typical recession, the economy does really well in year zero, shall we call it 2022. That forces central banks to tighten policy uh, towards the end of year zero and into the, the, you know, the, 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 the next year. And consumers face higher interest rates, higher bond yields, and higher prices for everything. Uh, and uh, businesses are on the back end of that as well, um, and also uh, rising wages and slowing growth. Um, and so overall, it's a pretty messy environment. I'm wondering whether next year, uh, some of the things that have gone up sharply in value this year might start to unwind. Uh, uh, firstly, and most obviously, used car prices. Uh, I've got a 17-year-old daughter and uh, uh, just bought her uh, uh, a used car, uh, very low end, but the prices have, have, have doubled. Um, and at some point, I think used car prices are going to fall sharply. And there are a few other things whose prices um, are very elevated this year because of supply chain disruptions and that maybe they fall next year. And so while the higher interest rates push in the direction of recession, I suspect that uh, I wonder whether uh, lower prices for some things uh, will, will mean the US avoids recession. In terms of its impact on financial markets, I think there's an enormous difference between a mild recession and a deep recession. In a mild recession, and you alluded to it earlier, in a mild recession, investors can see that it's going to be a mild recession typically, or at least at some point, and can see that perhaps a few cuts of interest rates will leave uh, will lead the economy let the set the economy free uh, in a few quarters. And so, a mild recession, I don't think, uh, is overly alarming for financial markets, um, but a deep recession, of course, uh, I think w- uh, probably would be. Um, so overall, I think that recession might be avoided, um, but 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 we'll see. Um, um, and whether it uh, and that there is a big difference between uh, deep recession or no recession. So, uh, Rachel, I'm going to I'm going to sort of hang up there. But is there anything, any other comments, anything I have I haven't asked you on in relation to uh, in in relation to markets? Well, no, I mean, uh, I think you covered uh, many of the topics. Uh, more questions remain than answers, but I guess that's what make our, makes our profession interesting. I think that's right. And I think there are lots of really big moving parts. So normally, you know, when we, we, we when thinking about commodity prices, we think, well, a 5%, 10% move is a big move. I mean, we've had truly massive moves. And of course, one of the things that people aren't really talking about in the energy markets is that it's not just that crude oil is strong, it's that crack spreads are incredibly strong. Um, and as a result, the price we're all paying for diesel and gasoline and jet fuel or whatever it is, is much higher uh, than would be suggested by just looking at, at crude oil prices. Um, so I'll just give a quick summary of our view, if I might, um, which is that in terms of the global economy, we think the global economy is going to be reasonably resilient, uh, largely because we think household balance sheets are in good shape and households have lots of income, lots of jobs being created. Uh, and so that should with, uh, enable it to withstand uh, the shock from the from from both tightening financial conditions uh, and also higher commodity prices. But with the US economy that has overheated, 
it is inevitable that the US economy will go through a period of slower growth. Uh, it can't keep growing at trend or better. It has to have a period um, uh, uh, of softish growth that may or may not be recession. And so I think that that probably does mean corporate profit growth, as you suggested, uh, could, 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 come under, could come under pressure. Uh, inflation is very high. It's probably peaked in many places, not really the UK. So we've got more energy, more energy price hikes in, in October. But inflation has probably peaked in many cases, but that's largely because of base effects. Um, and I think it'll take tighter financial conditions, higher interest rates um, to push an account to push the global economy into a softer, a softer patch, uh, will, which will uh, reduce the overheating, particularly uh, in labor markets. Uh, in terms of financial markets overall, um, we're sort of reasonably, we, we, we don't have strong convictions at the moment, reasonably neutral on equities. Credit spreads, I think, are beginning to look a bit more interesting as they've, as they've widened uh, over the last little while. I note your points that you think they might go wider. Um, I'm beginning to wonder whether there's, there's already, enough, already enough priced in. Bond yields pressure is probably still for, for higher rather than lower yields. Um, but again, there's a lot more priced in. But I think one of the key points that you were saying, which is that there is an awful lot going on and an awful lot that is pretty unforecastable. Uh, and we haven't even talked about uh, what's going on in Ukraine. So, Rachel, I'm going to thank you there and thank you, everyone, for listening into this podcast. Uh, I hope you've enjoyed it. Uh, please tune in to subsequent podcasts uh, and speak to any of us at Mercer uh, if there's anything you'd like to discuss with us or send us an email at ctci at mercer.com, ctci, critical thinking, critical issues at mercer.com. Um, but from Rachel and I, thank you very much. Thank you for having me. This content is for institutional investors and information purposes only. It does not contain investment, financial, legal tax or any other advice and should not be relied upon for this purpose. The materials are not tailored to your particular personal and or financial position. If you require advice based on your specific circumstances, you should contact a professional advisor. Opinions expressed are those of the speakers as of the date of publication are subject to change without notice and do not necessarily reflect Merce's opinions.